folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blow. I'm the Big Head Bobber. I'm sitting here with Purple P, looking a little faded. Yo, yo, yo. Okay, and we're at Timmy T on his mobile D. Tim, put what the phone is? away. Let's <laughs> do is? it. Let's talk to you, pal. <laughs> I told you I'm glued to my mobile device. I <laughs> love it. I'm on all the apps. Aren't we all? You know, I was on the bus the other day, and I look over everyone, every single person, including the driver, is on their mobile device. I couldn't believe it. Tim has all the apps. He's playing Doodle Jump. Doodle Jump. Okay. Hey, hey, you ever, uh, you ever try to hit the high score on Doodle Jump? Yeah, can't be done. Yeah. I, whenever I play a game, I try to hit the high score. <laughs> Hitting the highs. All right. I love it. Now, Jeffy D, what do you know? <laughs> oh, Not too much. Like I said, the purple is on its way out. All right, I'm gonna throw that question over to Tim. How you been? I'm pretty good. Check this out. Whoa! What is that? Just some a sort of mating lip. call. It was a. It was a mating call. It was a straw on the lips. Wow! Just a plastic straw. I never plastic seen that. straw on the lips. Are you sucking in or spitting? A, How about this? Shooting out. Sucking in. Sounds like a, a bit of a walrus. Yeah, you got Jeff doing the old foghorn. Wow. This is good. Leghorn. This is all great. That's a little cachaça from the drink of the week, folks. <laughs> See you on Friday. See you on Friday. We have a drink to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Great. Oh, I'm glad you guys are doing so well. It's always a pleasure. But one of the greatest pleasures of my life is knowing you two are happy, healthy, and well. Yeah, I like doing the podcast. I know at least for this hour we're here, you know, you're safe, Mm -hmm. uh, you're accounted for. Yeah, (laughs) we're in good hands like Allstate. (laughs) Yep. I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, How are you guys feeling? I'm still a little uh, slow from the tour. I don't think I've gotten much good sleep yet. Yeah, we should say uh, we came back from the tour, did a quick episode, and then bounced right back out up to Santa Barbara for a wedding, which is uh, sort of the basis for this week's episode. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of travel, not a lot of being home. I think I, have the road. I need to put my feet up once again on my old coffee table. <laughs> yeah, I gotta settle into that old lazy boy with a good book. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta sit on the old toilet and <laughs> float a few curlers. <laughs> Whoa, nasty man! What uh, are you guys reading books? Do you read books? It's funny. I started reading How to Write One Song by Jeff Tweedy, the Wilco guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. On the plane. And then if Tim saw me reading it on the plane. I think he bought it and beat me before I even finished it. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I downloaded it on Audible and I listened to like half of it. It's very cool. I like it. It's good. Um, but no no turning pages. Tim, you turn pages over there? <laughs> I haven't been uh, flapping the papyrus too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm... Uh, what do I got? I'm, I'm, I'm between books at the moment. And, uh, you know, I had a really good Rolling Stone magazine collector's issue, Bruce Springsteen, all of his big, uh, and I said, I'm going to read you this You buy magazine. that shit. You don't need, you know more than the Rolling Stone occasional <laughs> this was what was impulse great buy things at the grocery no. store. <laughs> this was good. It was all of his, you know how like the feature interview in a Rolling Stone is really long, you know, it's yeah. like seven pages. Yeah, yeah. It was all of his throughout the years. So it was so cool to read oh, it from like good. 73 and then like now he's a rock star and now he's kind of burnt out and now he's divorced and all that's this cool. stuff. That's great. And I was having a, I was reading it like it was a book. I said I was going to go cover to cover. I never do that with a magazine. Cover to cover. Oh, brother. And you know <laughs> what? I left it on a plane. 
Ooh. No. Snakes on a plane. Wow. Um, my parents, my mom, always in my stocking every year, she'll be like, Newsweek, Stan Lee, special, <laughs> or like George Lucas. She'll always find some like weirdo little special edition Newsweek thing. Current though, or like... It'll be, be like cool from, if it was like a vintage thing. It'll be no, it'll be like from that year. There's always like weird little special edition Time and Newsweek <laughs> profiles on like Springsteen. That's funny. I'm reading a, a proper book. I'm reading uh, Devil in the White City, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's been out Ooh. for a while. It's been out for like yeah, yeah, 2004 maybe. Ooh. But uh, it's a good book. It's about the Chicago World's Fair happening in uh, 1893, and this like. Uh, serial killer murderer sort of happening at the same time. Mike, this is a hip book. This is a New York Times bestseller, and there's Hanford flipping through. Hanford, 20 years later, flipping through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2003, I'm seeing. But pretty new, pretty new, pretty hip. Pretty new, pretty new for the handmaid. Bibliophile. The, the information's all still pretty good, as far as I can tell. But today, we're talking about, we're not talking about books. We're talking about it was based on a book. cinema. Based wait, on wait, wait, wait. Pause. Stop the podcast. Yeah. February 2nd, 2022. Headline, is the Devil in the White City adaptation still happening? And then oh, <gasps> January 4th, Keanu Reeves to film miniseries, Devil in the White City. That's why I thought it was a new book because it, there's a there's talks. There are motion that, picture talks. That is something I think that's been in like talks and development and if they, they can get a star attached for a long time. Hmm. So they just can't get a start. They just it's can't like get a Keanu start. Reeves read it and said no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Hollywood, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll Duds? do it for you. Big purple P on the billboard? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That'd be this. nice. <laughs> Jeff directing Keanu Reeves starring? Oh, you want to no, be no, in no. it? No, no, no. I want to be in it. I want to be in it. Keanu can direct it. Oh, 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 oh. I'll tell you what, Jeff. If you star in that movie, it will be a Cinema ushers delight. Empty theaters, <laughs> folks. <laughs> you know they're not going to be having to sweep up many. He doesn't have to pick up one juju bee. <laughs> oh, this has been the easiest movie season of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You're going to be getting flowers from, <laughs> from from the gang down at AMC. <laughs> ushers delight. Ooh, this this movie's a real ushers delight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They should say that in variety of something fucking tense. <laughs> Usher's delight. <laughs> That'd be great if variety like that became the uh, the shorthand for a bad movie or <laughs> critically unacclaimed. Didn't oh make money. Well, well okay. Uh, yeah. Th- this here's but something that th- was not an Usher's delight. Okay, go ahead. It is an Usher's, Usher's lament. <laughs> Usher's lament. <laughs> the Usher's biggest fear. 2004's Sideways, starring Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church, and Virginia Madsen, directed by Alexander Payne. The message, <laughs> the misadventures <laughs> begin when Miles, Paul Giamatti, an unrecovered divorce, unreco- unrecovered, unrecovered divorce, divorcee, divorcee, divorcee. No, but there's no. Uh, well, it's a type they, they, they meant to say divorce. Yeah. Uh, and would-be novelist with a wine, but we all know what this movie's about. Uh, I don't have to read this. No, read it's, it. Ugh. <laughs> you got to pretend you're on a podcast. Sound out the words. Baby. The misadventure. 
misadventures begin when Paul Giovanni, an unrecovered divorcee and would-be novelist with a wine fixation, decides to gift old college buddy and washed-up actor Jack Thomas Hayden Church with a celebrity uh, celebratory trip to the vineyards of Santa Inez Valley the week before Jack's wedding. The two couldn't be an odder couple. Jack is an over-sexed charmer, Miles a sad-sacked warrior. Jack is looking for his last taste of freedom. Uh, Miles just wants to taste perfection in a bottle. Jack is fine with cheap Merlot. Miles pines for the elusive perfect Pinot. Indeed, the only thing they seem to share in common is the same heady heady mix of failed ambitions and fading youth. And yet, as they make their way up the coast, Miles and Jack soon find themselves drowning in wine and women. Both men careen dangerously and comically towards midlife crisis. Now the wedding, now the wedding approaches, and it, what's this? and with it, the certainty that Miles and Jack won't make it back to Los Angeles unscathed or unchanged, if they get there at all. Ooh, wow. I like it. Tantalizing. That was, that was too long. Very long. But now we don't have to recap it all at all. We can just riff. Right, right. That uh, stammering, uh, bumbling read through is enough. So many needs. That was from Apple, yes? Apple.com slash TV slash purchase. Now, do you guys remember when this first came out? Because I think we were all interning in LA and it was the toast of the town. It was the toast of the town, wasn't it? It was like uh, you got the green it was, poster. It was like this and Eternal Sunshine. Handful of other movies. Yeah, what was 2000? Let me see what won the awards in 2000. I really, I had a whole journey with this film where when it. Well, good. That's good. That's good. That's what a filmmaker wants. <laughs> oh, wow. But I didn't have that journey on the first viewing. It was over, oh. over many years. Oh, <laughs> that's, um, that's not what a filmmaker wants. Sometimes I could feel it's a little reductive if you just say like old young people don't understand stuff. Well, you're, you'll understand something when you're older. I try not to say things like that, but me. I yeah. watched this film when it was new. I was a college boy. And you know what I said? <laughs> Knock off of swingers. Yeah, Depressed guy bit. and fun guy having a wacky trip. It's a knockoff of swingers. And now that's a very surface reading. Still pretty insightful for such a young boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quite a filmophile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Celluloid freak. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I remember Randy loved it, and I kind of shit on it. Then I've revisited throughout the years, oh, um, nice. I, and I said I was wrong about that. That was good. But then our friend Lil Bo- Mookie B, it's his favorite film, right? Yeah, he loves and it. He sings its praises. First, he told me, you got to watch the, the DVD commentary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and he's Mookie has read the books and stuff. There's the, the there's book. Three, and then there's three books now, yeah. Three books, yeah. But- during the pandemic, you know, you kind of do this thing that was really sad where you'd sometimes watch a movie with someone over Zoom where you hit play at the same time <laughs> you watch a movie. Yeah. Me and Mookie watched Sidowase, the Japanese. Uh, no way, really? Yeah, yeah, the Japanese version of uh, Sideways. I was curious about that. Which is very funny because they still said it in California. It, it, they just like basically tried to reshoot the same movie. That's cool. I was excited to see like if it would be like, you What's know. Japanese wine country? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, in revisiting this film, and we, Mookie was instrumental, and we were just up in Santa Barbara uh, for a wedding, and Mookie was there, and we went to the Hitching Post. We'll get oh, that was into a that. Fantastic meal. But for me, I, I've really come to appreciate this movie. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I'd say it's the best character study to me, like the best character centric movie. 
And to watch it right now, we're the age of these characters. And what yeah. once seemed as sort of like that hurt I, a little bit. I'm really up picking up. Yeah. But I'm really picking up the new, the idea of like when you're a kid, you could be like, oh, he used to be on a TV show, but now he does voices for commercials. It's like, yeah, well, that's me and my friends. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's not such a silly idea. Um, no, and then no. on the same, and uh, yeah, like all, all of that stuff. Uh, even just from the top of the movie that it's like opening it with like we're in our introduction to miles is like his, the superintendent of his building is yelling at him to move his car. Yeah. It's not like that's nuance. That's perfect where it's like, he's getting yelled at. It shows that he's like low status, but it's not as on the nose as like opening the movie with his wife like, leaving. Like him. you're fired or like right. I'm leaving you. You're right. Exactly. So I feel like, <laughs> I'd, like I'd like to see that. You're like fired. a like a bad movie would. Yeah. Like the Joker. Keep going. Um the Joker's bad, the Batman's bad as well. The Batman's worse than the Joker. No. Now you don't no. mean the just Take the superhero you, no. in general, right? Cuz I agree well, the, the Batman the, the Joker, Joker is a bad is, man. He kill people. The Joker <laughs> is a bad is bad. The Joker has one good scene as a, as a when, when when uh Joaquin is in the crowd at the uh Bob De Niro show and he stands up and he gets to live out his fake little fantasy. That's a good scene. Doesn't he go uh, doesn't he go into the fridge the fridge at some point? Oh sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, hey, I, I want to bring it back to how old the sideways actors were when they shot it. Do you, do you oh, have why any guesses? Why would you guesses? do this, Jeff? This 30, is, this I want to so say awful. to twist the knife, Michael. To twist the knife. I, I'm going to say Giamatti is 34 and Church is 41. Very close. Giamatti 37, so we are older than him. Mm. Thomas Hayden Church was 44. Wow. It's funny because he was the sort of uh, he was the sort of the handsome. Uh, cocksure one and he was far older they are both perfect in this movie as like uh perfectly cast as he's a good looking guy but he's also like hulky and like his clothes fit him weirdly and uh he's not anyone oh man you would like aspire he's to like be. stupid the, handsome the, the clothes yeah. the yeah he is stupid handsome and the clothes were just so not flattering like there's so many big boot cut khakis flopping yeah. around yeah, and, like giant the, cuff shirts <laughs> those collars yeah the giant cuff the collars he doesn't tuck in at all uh but that's exactly a guy who's like yeah like lives in beverly hills uh with his like fiance who's rich from her dad's real estate money and yeah. stuff it's like it is a snapshot into a, very, a type of dude he does something because so paul giamatti obviously is like whiny his voice and character is like a whiny guy oh a whiny you, guy very good Michael. i say that's pretty good i started to notice that thomas hayden church too the uh jack for being like the big tough guy also, it's just like, come on, Miles. Like he does, he's just like, he's <laughs> just awesome. he too is whining like the whole time. And they're, is he they're from just, California because he sounds like a native Californian. I don't know. He's, yeah. He he did, didn't he? I was trying uh, to place that accent the whole movie. Like, what does he sound like? SoCal. Because yeah. I remember watching him on Wings. He's I think his name is Lloyd. I'm not sure. Um, but he was the yes, mechanic he's from on Wings. Woodland. He's a Valley boy. Yeah, Valley boy. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, th this movie is, you know, I'd oh, wait, no, Woodland, not Woodland Hills is Valley. Woodland is Sacramento. Still, Cali. Ah, I still give it to him. Um, this is one of those movies where I'd seen it before and I hadn't seen it in a while and I was watching it again. And like the first, you know, half an hour, I'm like, oh man, these, these characters are so fucking annoying and like pretentious with the wine. And then 
it all turns and you're like, oh, right. This is what this is supposed to be. You're supposed to not really like these people very much. It's a challenge. Uh, you, fi- you can find them endearing and stuff, but it's like he's supposed to be annoying. And that's why he's like women don't flock to Paul Giamatti because he's like obnoxious. Yeah, that was that was a thing that um, I was talking to Mookie about. And then also uh, any women who watch this movie are sort of like, so wait, why does she like Paul Giamatti? Like, we find him charming as, like, somebody you root for as, like, a failure clown man. But mm-hmm. he's not funny, really. He's maybe no. insightful about wine, but there's nothing really likable that he does Well, at any she point enjoys in the, movie. The, the Pinot Noir. She knows it has to be in the right circumstances. I, I get it. But it's Jeff, just he like, was talking about himself there, you know. I know. Jeff, but, but you but didn't it, get it, but it was a <laughs> metaphor, Jeff. But it's so written by a dude to be like, and this girl actually likes him. Yeah, I'll yeah. be honest. That was another thing when I was a, a college kid and I watched this movie. The scene on the back porch where they do the metaphor of the the Pinot is a metaphor for him. I rolled my eyes. Yeah. Now when I watch it, it works on me. I don't get the corniness of that metaphor. The, the Elsewhere, the movie earns its stripes for street cred. If you want mm-hmm. a challenging, nuanced experience. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll allow one kind of Frank Capra scene right in the middle there. They're hitting it on it, the head. He's he's hitting on those, but then I like what she says even more because he yeah. talks about how like Pino is this like precious thin skinned grape. It's you can you know, it, it, it's very challenging, but in the right circumstances it flourishes. And he's talking about himself, but then when she says why she likes wine, she talks about it's even harsher because she's yeah. like it's alive, it's a living thing. I uh, it's alive in the bottle. I like to think about its story but then uh, she says like it gets better and it gets better until it, it starts peaks. its inevitable yeah. decline yeah, yeah. and that's alexander Payne for you where we're not saying this movie is redemptive but it is admitting it's not saying hey you know what life gets better and there's second chances it's like no no life does get worse but also there are second chances and then also <laughs> to hammer on that there's that wine that bottle of wine that he's been saving yeah and they had just been talking about like she was like, well, do it. It's it's probably on its way out now. You got to open it. And he's like, oh, I'm saving it for a special occasion. And uh, and she's like, the day you open that bottle of wine is the special occasion. So yeah. you see like the two different philosophies. Very cool, Payne. Very, Very cool. Very interesting. Very good, Payne. Uh, I liked... I liked all the drinking. No, I, um, <laughs> Mike. It's funny with him. I was reading some uh, reviews. I was reading like the Ebert review and uh, A.O. Scott... He A.O. Scott wrote this thing at the end of, or like during the um, A.O. 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 Scott at the end of, or like during the award season, he wrote that it was like the most overrated movie of the season. Oh, shut it! I think that was just a grabby headline because he then goes on to talk about like why critics critics like it so much because they're. It's about a guy who's a critic and blah. Oh, it's it's NPR swingers. It's like anything you didn't yeah, like about yeah, swingers, yeah. it makes it like a little sophisticated and whiny and jazzy. And and it is true that Miles is absolutely going. It's a character that will appeal to grumpy critics. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like that's you exist in the world thinking you're smarter than everyone else. You're having trouble co- opening yourself up and connecting because you are the little king of your little brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like he doesn't take many chances, and whatever you can say, whatever one of my critics. But uh, the the articles both talk about him as being an alcoholic. And watching the movie, I didn't. I never really was like, oh yeah, he is an alcoholic. He just drinks wine all the time. He knows about it, so it yeah. seems like it's a, a hobby or more than a hobby. Or Funny whatever. how we wouldn't clock that aspect. Drunk so every night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he drinks less than us. 
I, I think that that's kind of a funny thing where people just take, you know, I, I, I read like a, a, a article about Catcher in the Rye one time and it was saying like, this is a book about a boy who goes insane and a struggle with insanity. I'm like, I don't think that that's, re- I mean, that's one reading, but you're supposed to pay attention to what he's going insane about. I think the same, calling Miles an alcoholic, some people can only see the world through like that lens is like, are you, oh, he's an addict and that's, that's his thing. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's, again, nuanced. If he's an alcoholic, it's probably for good reason. You know, one, um, one thing I didn't catch until this time so much is uh, that Giamatti cheated on his former yeah. wife. Ah, that's good. that's like, a that's great thing reveal. That it's in there all the time. Because you feel bad for him up until that point. That information is in there on every viewing. No. I just I just didn't. <laughs> they gloss over it in such a great way because it's the scene where Jack is like, "I'm getting late on this trip." Is it? No, no. It's, uh, it's when, when the girls he go comes to the bathroom. Back from calling. Yeah, he calls his ex-wife and comes. Uh, and like you know, normally a lot of dumber movies would save that reveal for like the turn into the third act where we learn some big thing about right. it was uh-huh. him who cheated, and this is just some offhand Tossed thing. Off. And you have uh and you have Miles snap at him and be like, Don't fucking talk about that. And it goes it it packs a punch, but it's just like a moment, you acknowledge it and you move on. It was great. Yeah, that's good. But it, it makes you it, then you're like, Oh, this guy's not so great. He's not just like a pathetic yeah. guy. He's done he does damage. He him. doesn't just steal from his mom. <laughs> she was great. That that actor was really great. The mom uh, is fantastic. Oh, the mom, yeah. That whole scene is fucking great. Um, what are your experiences with Santa Barbara Wine Country, wine tastings, driving around a vineyard. You guys done it? My first one was, was with you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. We did it. The Ithaca College Finger Lakes Vineyard mm-hmm. Senior Week of College. We got in a limo and went around and tasted all the vino. But I've never been and up I to Santa a- Barbara Wine Country. I mean, like, I've never done that other than Hitching Post. Oh. Yeah, me neither, kind of. S- sorry. I... I just don't find that type of experience engaging. I mean, didn't didn't Did we go to know? didn't we get wine up in Solvang? We must. Have. Yeah, but I don't think we went to a vineyard. But hmm. I sort of when I watched this film as a New Yorker, I thought that's probably set in Napa Valley, Sonoma, the famous wine region. It wasn't until uh, later viewings that I was like, oh, it's Santa Inez. It's like just two hours north of L.A. in what I would have thought was a lesser wine region, but. A lot of people think it's right on par with Napa. Now, you had a word that you said when we left Hitching Post to talk. They talk about it in the movie how, like, the air cools at night and it's good for the Pinot grapes. Well, you said, some, uh, you or Mookie said a word. Diurnal. Yeah, diurnal. Hot days, cold nights. That's Cali, baby. Diurnal. Hot days, cold nights. Hot eats, cool treats. That's Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, hot days, cool nights. Disney Channel making it right. <laughs> I wonder what the hot, what the cool nights were on Disney Channel. Oh yeah, Mickey Mouse in sunglasses. Um, there's uh, uh, Giamatti plays this character so well. It's really it's one of those cool things where you watch it and you're like, oh man, he's he's not just like doing the scripted lines. He's doing like making it his own nerdy, uh, off putting self. And the line that I always loved. When he, when they, uh, let's see, he and Jack are at the bar at Hitching Post. It's the end of the shift and Maya's there and she starts to like smoke a cigarette and he's like, no, light up, light up. <laughs> like light up is such a lame thing to say. And he's trying to sound cool. Like, go ahead. We love it. Light up. 
Oh, that's so dorky. That's the best. The other funny thing he did that I think Mookie said that he Paul Giamatti saw a guy do this at a tasting yeah. was when he puts his finger on his ear <laughs> in the very beginning. The first time you see him do a big taste with uh, Jack, and he's like, and I'm getting this note and this note and these tiny little things and just a hint of this. Yeah. Like that was some something that he saw a pretentious <laughs> douchebag do, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Somebody trying hard to be cool, and it's so uncool. Have you guys heard the commentary for this movie? It's so good. Yeah, on on Mookie's recommendation. And uh, it's cool to hear, like, it makes Thomas Hayden Church feel like much more of a participant because he plays the dummy. But then they have such good chemistry together. You're like, oh, no, they both know what they're doing. And they're they're both, like, very actorly. Yeah, for sure. And that they were, it it was weird to me because I was like, it's so weird a movie is only, like, a month or two, an indie movie especially, and these guys had this like amazing work experience, and then that's that. But you would think, hearing them on the commentary, that they had like nine seasons of a TV show together, <laughs> right? Like, it, how did they not end up with like a spiritual sequel to Sideways, the same way that like yeah. Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn had uh, the internship? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see? Or not? Did you see the, the? It's cool that those this movie is so small. Uh, you know, it's just kind of some liner. It's, it's like four characters the whole time. It's. Yeah, neat. there's there's like no cranes. Anytime there's an aerial mm-hmm. shot, you can tell that they ju- they just found a roof to put the tripod on. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just very intimate. <laughs> but I like a uh, movie that it feels like you could almost make it yourself. Like, there's something that draws me in about right seeing like these are just guys making something. It's also like when they were doing the going to the wineries and stuff. The shots of the wineries aren't that like beautiful or anything. That they do that kind of like split screen thing to give it some more action it's it's yeah i don't know it's it's like uh that's a very dated look the device yeah it's like purposefully not good looking the whole thing is kind of muted and gray but i think it's the maybe the best they could do i i agree that it's not great looking but i can't tell if that's a a, a choice swingers swingers isn't great looking either i think it's just when you make these little character things you have to just make walking around with a, a uh, two guys look good, as good as you can. Yeah. Hmm. Well, very good. Oh, Tim, you had something. Well, I was going to say, there's a certain character that works at a certain restaurant and the f- certain film scenes take place at the Hitching Post number two in Buellton, California. Been there. Now, we went up to Santa Barbara for a wedding. We, that had been, the wedding had been postponed. This is Joe Saunders of Breadcast fame and Rachel Hastings. Um, two Gorgeous wonderful ceremony. TV writers that you know and love. But when they originally got uh, engaged two years ago, two and a half years ago, when we got the invites, Mookie was like, let's let's go to the Hitching Post. And I had never eaten. I've eaten a lot of Santa Maria style barbecue and stuff. And I've eaten a place in the area, but I'd never dined at the Hitching Post. So we've been wanting to get there forever. And this was our opportunity the sloppy go boys plus our friend little Mookie B. We go to the Hitching Boy Post. We eat dinner. We walk in. It's you're you're there in the oh. film. Jeff, you took a picture of the bar, and people around you laughed. Yeah, we love that movie. We love that movie. Yeah, I know. I felt bad. <laughs> I get, everybody had my number as soon as I pulled my phone out. But uh, <laughs> it's funny. We had a reservation, and I remember we were looking at the menus, and we were like, you know, I, I made the point that I. My mouth was watering. I looked at the menu and yeah. my mouth started watering. <laughs> and then uh, we didn't sit down for a while, but we killed some time at the bar. We bought a bottle, I think. Or did we each yeah, just get high, a glass? A high, highlander? 
eyeliner. Yeah, it they, said the flat. It was their flagship Pinot. Ooh, and it was good. And then when we sat down, it had only been like twenty five minutes, yeah. and uh, we were there to make a trip of it, so we didn't care. But then they brought out an artichoke and a quesadilla for the trouble. What a way to kick off a dinner! I know that was uh, my hat went off to them for that. That was great, Mike. You are didn't an artichoke need- fan from way back. Ooh. I was at the grocery store today looking for artichokes. They didn't have any. (laughs) Sad. Really sad story. Yeah. Sad stuff. Did you walk out empty handed? No, I uh, bought corn on the cup. (laughs) Now, do you remember your orders? Ribeye. I I do. I got the top sirloin, I do believe. I myself Mm -hmm. got a five ounce filet and a bit of duck. Oh, oh, yeah, you had the Jefferson. duck. I had a 15-ounce top sirloin. That was huge. Boom. Fucking Boom. good, though, man. That was good steak, boy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I got good eats up there. <laughs> and then Mookie got the uh, the only other cut of steak, right? What was it? Yeah, well, uh, he got the New York Strip. So no. we had all, you know, how fun when you're, wanna, you're, you're, you're at a place, you're going to go, hey, we're tasting wines and stuff like that. We also got four different steaks. Hey, can I have a bite? Yeah, well, can I have a bite? Yeah, sure, you can have a bite. You, you want to bite this? I got mm-hmm. here's what I will say, and I'm not going to say this too loud to not offend anybody, hurt anyone's feelings. The potato I got, the baked potato, not mm. that big. It was a little thin potato, and I was like, I look over at Mookie because he got the potato too. I said, that's a big potato he's got over there. No, mm. you got to do what Timmy did: steakhouse power move, fries, baby, steak fries. and fries. Ooh. I don't like that. That's steak frites, right? That's what that's called. Yeah, but steak frites is a dish, a specific uh-huh. dish. With a sauce sometimes and with skirt steak sometimes. This was just a ribeye and a side hmm. of fries. Hmm. You know, it's funny. You know, I went to that. Uh, we went to that uh, old homestead and got a steak. Then we were at uh, mm-hmm. this place, got a steak. It kind of dawned on me. And you guys, too. We can get <laughs> food like this anytime we like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go once a week, go and eat a great meal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're allowed. It's, it's out there. It's it out there, to, baby. It doesn't have to be Christmas. You can Steaks go. are out there. You just got to go out there and order them. You got to order it up. Now, Ooh. me as a steak enthusiast who eats unhealthy, no exaggeration, I probably have 20 ribeyes a year. <laughs> mm. Can you believe that? That's wow. wild. And and you guys think that I'm going to live a long life? <laughs> we hope. You guys rented me. You guys uh, booked up that uh, old folks home for me when I'm in my nineties. <laughs> I eat steak plenty in like burrito form no, and no, whatever no, else, Jeff. but uh, not, a, not at a steakhouse. Steak. Give me a yeah, that's wild. I've, I've probably cart. I have maybe five or six a la carte steaks a year. That's Tops. not that's not bad. That's not bad at all. No, me, no twenty. Yeah, I'm out there, man. I'm at Morton's. I'm at Musso's. I'm at Damon's. I'm at the fucking Dal Ray. <laughs> These are the first two steaks I've had this year. Ooh, I'm glad I, I was there for your first steak of the year. Uh, yeah, I I will say I was I was happier with my uh, hitching post steak over Old Homestead. Well, mm. interesting. Uh, uh, that's good to know. You're tracking your own steak taste. The the Old Homestead one was a dry age steak. It was a ribeye, and I and uh yeah, that seemed to me like it was um, it it wasn't cooked over an open flame. It would have been like done like some sort of cast iron griddle style or something like that. Yeah, you liked that open flame sirloin. It was a very good steak, Mike. A very good. Steak. It was humongous. 
I, uh, I also liked when we watched Sideways, you can see that uh, at one point they are sitting next to that window that we sat near mm-hmm. where you can see the big old rack coming up yeah. and down over the those coals. Santa Maria style. That's He's like when back you go- there throwing steaks on a grill. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> up in San Luis Obispo is kind of a college town. They got a bunch of kind of college tri-tip places. They always do that same thing, that crank grill over that oak flame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my ass i sat on the grill <laughs> i think the it. first time i saw one of those uh other than like maybe like a renaissance fair or something was handy market yeah baby handy mm, uh, handy market they they roll those things up and down on saturday saturday mornings you go by handy market up in the valley and they're doing tri-tip they're doing turkey they do. legs oh we used to hit that every saturday man that place is good Half i would go in i would avoid that and i would go into the inside and get a an Italian sub. They make so such good subs back there. Michael, yeah, or you Michael. go across the street to Pinocchio's get an Italian sub. <laughs> See, here's the here's the thing they don't tell you. You go inside and they have tri-tip subs only on Saturday. Fresh off that rack, they chop yes, it up yes. into a sub style. Very good. All very well and good. Well, back to the movie. Let me uh let me read off Wait. the other Yes. I got one more thing to say about beef. Perfect. <laughs> I was telling you guys this in the car, but I'll repeat it for pod listeners. Yeah. I learned that tri-tip only exists out here in the West. It doesn't exist in the East, not because the cows are different, but because the butchers butcher the cow differently to the point when you're done butchering on the East Coast, there's no tri-tip cut of meat. It gets sliced up along with the sirloins. But yeah. here out in Cali, mm. <laughs> tri-tip. Tri-tip. Now, is that a triangle steak? Three tips. Three tips. Like us. And see, that's the thing about tri-tip. You have to prioritize it early and often, or it's just going to disappear into other cuts. You always say that. (laughs) Early and often. How often? It's just the once. (laughs) Once per cow. (laughs) (laughs) You think when you're buying a steak, like the steaks we had, those were good steaks. Is somebody doing that all themselves, or does it go through a machine? Or how how does one... You know, it takes a village. Prepare. You, didn't, you didn't watch the guy. You didn't. You watch the guy on the grill. No, I mean, I mean, cutting, cutting up he means uh, the butchering. The butchering. Oh like, yeah, that's that's a guy's got to do that. One person is just slicing off the meats. Well, I don't know if one person does the whole cow, but you do got to do it by hand for sure. Yeah, it's it's not a machine that you drop a cow into. Usually, like a butcher shop. <laughs> like a the computer the, does the, it. <laughs> The cow body is mainly like dismembered at the, like the slaughterhouse, but then you get like a whole half, like a like a a big piece of cow coming in the back of a butcher shop, and then they they can decide if which cuts they want to slice it up into. They yeah. say we do our ribeyes kind of thick here. I'd like to decide. I'd like to go back there and talk to them. Even yeah. the uh, John Favreau movie Chef in the very beginning. I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen the beginning. He gets like a uh, what is it? A beef or a lamb? And he's there in the morning. It's got no head or no and no feet, but he throws it on the table and starts chopping it up. Ooh, you gotta chopping it up, Bam. Um On the Barry Gibbs. All right, trip. so we're, we're we're pretty good on the beef talk. We are done with the beef talk. Okay, Wrap it up. I want to read to you the so uh, Sideways was uh, a Best Picture nomination in mm-hmm. 2005. Mm-hmm. 2005 Oscars. It came out in 2004. The other, can you guess the other uh, pictures? 2004. 2004, yeah, 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 two, all 2004 movies. But mm. uh, this was when they only had five nominees. Ooh. You know Neil Campbell would know this. Neil would know it, and he'd 
he'd have it for now, us right now. I want to say Eternal Sunshine, but I think that that was maybe even 2005. Lost in Translation. I'm not seeing that here. Ah. All right. Tell us. Ray. Ray. Okay. Finding Neverland. Uh. I don't remember that movie at all. The Aviator and the winner, the big time winner, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, Million Dollar Baby. Swank won Best Actress. Uh, Eastwood, Best Director for that. Jamie Foxx for, Char- uh, for Ray. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, yeah. Morgan Freeman of Million Dollar Baby won. Uh, uh, old Giamatti not nominated at all. That's a bummer. Because uh, Virginia Madsen was also nominated for yeah. act, supporting actress, Support. and then uh, it also had directing and best picture. Uh, sorry, directing, and it won best adapted. Yes. Oh, Jeff, you know what? Best original screenplay: Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. You were right. Oh, same year. Same okay, year. so you, no, you're right. I'm seeing it here. The the movie came out in 2004. This is the 2005 Academy Awards. Incredibles won best. Now animated I don't feature. really care. I don't care about award nominations as much as you guys do i sort of think art is just art but uh-huh. it's absurd to have paul giamatti be left out the movie is about that the movie is his performance that's the film yeah that's what's so funny it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna nominate everyone else <laughs> in that movie yeah. why not him uh let's see what's some of the uh best film editing of course the aviator never saw I've revisited The Aviator. It's good. It's Skorskeksky. It's Leo. It's fun L.A. Howard Hughes stuff. Check it out. You see this Jaws it's house. little Alan McLeod. Really? Alan McLeod's in there. He is? He's he's uh, just an extra like opening a gate up for a car that goes through. Cool. Yep. That's very cool. He's there. You know what he said on set? He said, Scorsese said, how do you want to shoot this? That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't ask an extra how you want to shoot the movie. I don't think. Um, Does he pee? Does Leo pee in a jar? Or is that just something that we know about Hughes? Uh, Uh, It's it's in there. It's got to be in there. Does Leo do it himself? No, I mean, is there a scene where he's peeing in jars and stuff and kind of going kooky? Well, there's definitely kooky for sure. Yeah. I went and looked at that house where that all went down. Do you see the piss? You see the dick. You see it leaving the urethra. <laughs> shooting into jar. <laughs> I went to Howard Hughes' house, Hancock Park. Really? Well, just barely off of Wilshire. And it's still up? It's up, and they still have the jars of piss there. <laughs> <laughs> they spilled them, though. <laughs> yeah, whoops. That's why the carpet's wet. This thing won't dry out. I don't understand this. <laughs> just laying there in a pool. This Hughes piss won't dry up. <laughs> Nasty. It's Hughes news, baby. Ooh. Um, this if you haven't seen this movie, folks, watch it. Yeah. Alright. I've heard this. Um have you heard the term dudes rock in terms of movies? No. I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah, yeah, the concept. But like there's like movies that are called like dudes rock movies and another round might be one. Swingers might be one. And oh sideways might be one too. Ah. Well, another round is great because it no another round has a well, those are all great movies, but doesn't it feel like another round has it knows what it's flying in the face of and it yeah. and to make a movie that's like look at him dancing joyously at the the yeah. idea of being drunk. Like it's, rich it's, white dudes drinking too much <laughs> on their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a trolley movie in a good way. I like you. Now, are you guys f- uh, fans of the Trip movies? 
Never seen. I saw the first uh, one. I liked it. Yeah, it's 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 a little. It's not as like complicated as this movie, as sideways. But it's like two guys who are just hanging out, and uh, it's a lot of uh, doing funny voices in the car. Funny voices in the car, and uh, sort of like travelogue porn, you could say. Like they go to nice places, they eat nice food, and uh, there's a real boom in that around the time. I I don't know um, what started it, but doesn't it feel like the the two thousand the late two thousand aughts? Mm -hmm. There's a real at the same time that I'm watching. Bourdain, I'm then watching the trip, and then there's also these like Instagram, the the original YouTube Instagram influencers, very romanticized idea to like go to a place and eat a famous sandwich or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it almost reminds me of when me and my buddies from high school, before we went to college, we actually drove down to Red Bank, New Jersey, and we went to the Quick Stop <laughs> and RST. And to Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. That's so cool that you did that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe we'll check that movie out sometime too. But for now, it's time to close the film can on another edition <laughs> of... That's what we do here. This is, Yeah, every time we do a movie, we close the film can. So we had opened up the film can at we the beginning? Filmed, yeah, yeah, I that happened sort of before the roll. Yeah, I, oh, we opened it up early. But then we let light hit the film. It's going to expose. No, it's already been exposed. It's already been. uh, This is a print. This is a print. This is a print. We put the print back in the tin and we walk it back down to the vault, climb the the ladder and put it up there right between Citizen Kane and the Godfather. And on the way to the vault, we drive past the new Beverly. And, you know, who, you know, Quint's out there giving us a thumbs up. Great. Great show, guys. Way to go, boy. You're welcome, Quint. Thank you. I love the idea of like, think of what movie tonight Quentin Tarantino what he's probably watching and thinking about and then to think that we watched sideways <laughs> <laughs> and mostly talked about steak yep <laughs> steak ways oh I could go for a steak and like I was yeah, just saying it's out there for me maybe I'll have one of those big chompers how about instead of two guys going to drink some wine it's three guys mm-hmm. going to eat California's biggest steak steak <laughs> Shit, steak freaks. <laughs> hmm. Steak freaks. Steak freaks. Three steak freaks, please. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this round of the blowout. The Sloppy Boys blowout. You came, you saw, you kicked some ass. Mike. Goodb- goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're just going to get away with that, Mike? Yeah. What, saying kicked ass? Yeah. I want to thank the uh, Pertones. Yeah, I want to thank the Pertones tonight. No, I want to thank the Patrones. They show up week after week, just like us. Same as us. How come the Pertones never show up? They're uh, they're doing their own thing. Ah. They're off the the fucking deep end. All right, goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Peace out. (laughs)